This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. Welcome to the Coleman Associates Innovation Podcast, the podcast that brings innovations and best practices in healthcare to your podcasting app. I'm Adrian, your host. Today, I want to bring you an interview with Teresa Huggins and Brooke Lattimore from the Health and Wellness Center of Oklahoma. The Health and Wellness Center had some pretty incredible outcomes from their DPI process and their COVID-19 response and recovery. But today, the focus of our conversation isn't going to be on the specific tactics that they used to get these results. Those innovative tactics have been discussed in previous episodes of the podcast, which you should definitely check out. Instead, today we're going to focus on how to build your organizational culture around achieving awesome outcomes for patients and for staff. When I'm coaching a team, I often share how the most interesting part of what we are doing is not how to reduce no-show rates, decrease cycle times, or improve quality metrics. Most DPI teams figure out how to do those things in just a matter of weeks. The most challenging part of what we are doing in DPI is implementing those tactics every day to impact the experience of every patient and every staff member. Building an organization that has, as Jim Collins says in his book, Good to Great, disciplined people, disciplined thought, and disciplined action is not easy, but it is oh so rewarding. Teresa and Brooks' team at the Health and Wellness Center is an example of what Coleman Associates calls a high-impact management team. And we're going to hear from Teresa first about their journey to build that high-impact management team. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Teresa Huggins, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer at Stigler Health and Wellness Center. We're a federally qualified health center in Southeast Oklahoma with eight locations. We serve seven counties. We have about 28,000 patients, and we did a little over 115,000 visits in 2020. And how did you all learn about DPI? We learned about DPI through a referral from another health center here in Oklahoma that was going through the process. And we heard about all the great benefits that their organization was reaping from their participation. And so I talked to our team to see if we might want to look into DPI. And we determined that given our past efforts to increase productivity and decrease no-shows and some of the other things that DPI helps with, um, we determined that our past efforts weren't as successful as we would like to be. And so we decided to give DPI a shot. We've been pleased with the results of implementing the DPI process. We did it in medical with you. And then we are now in the process of rolling it out in optometry and dental. We're spreading it through our entire organization And I can say that our no-show rates have significantly decreased. Our productivity has improved. And in our optometry department, it literally made the difference from being in the negative to being in the positive financially. And we're starting now in dental. So I'm hoping that we'll see the same improvements in dental. 
And that's so awesome is honestly is like not a lot of people can spread it themselves. And you guys have done such a good job. We do have a super good team. And, you know, the past few years, we've managed to build a team that's they're vested. You know, they're not just coming in to do the work to do their work every day. They have the true heart for it. And that makes a difference. So um, your workforce really makes a difference in outcomes. You all were in such a unique situation of you were killing it with DPI and then COVID-19 hit. And I'm just curious what the impact of COVID-19 on your organization was. Well, if I go back and look at the charts on our visits, you know, and our numbers and things throughout, I believe it was started in March and then April, May, and June, we just, we took a really dramatic drop at the beginning of April and then kind of slowly started building back up in May and June. But our team really didn't miss a beat. We did not close our locations. We did, we put screeners in place. We took precautions. We shifted as many visits as we could to telehealth, which we already had set up. So given that fact, I think that we were able to weather the storm a little bit better than some other health centers that had not started the telehealth processes. And I think that they had, they lost those visits the patients just didn't get the care. And I think because we had already started telehealth and already had it in all of our clinics and many of the schools and even our local jails, we were able to continue providing care regardless of the in-person visits. So it was a blip on the yearly numbers, but it certainly wasn't enough to make or break us. I think you hit the nail on the head with, you know, just being already ready for telehealth is it's like night and day. Do you have any advice for our listeners, Teresa? You always have to be flexible and open to change. So if you're considering the dramatic performance improvement model for your health center, it's really important that you go into it with a top-down approach. Your key leaders, you know, they need to be receptive of it and they need to be excited about the change and frame it in a, in a positive manner so that other people can get excited about it because there are really dramatic improvements from it, but you do have to have a good team implementing it. You all did a really good job of that communication and making sure that your leadership team was on the same page. And I think I think you're right, is that part is really critical because leaders that aren't on board can do a lot of harm to the process. Yes. When we implement a DPI, that gives us a really solid frame to hold everybody accountable to. You have someone and they're not they're not on board. They either have to be coached up or coached out or the process will be tainted from the attitudes. And and leaders who are on board tend to be able to get the other staff excited about it. And that's pretty important to be able to coach and, you know, get some excitement just all in the spirit of improving things for the patients. I love that Teresa brought it all back to the patients. Building a high-impact management team allows organizations like the Health and Wellness Center to stay laser-focused on creating a great patient and staff experience. Some of the lessons you can take away from Teresa's experience are getting the leadership all on the same page, staying focused on results, and preparing for what's next, not just focusing on what fires are burning right now. 
Next up, we're going to hear from Brooke, the COO of Health and Wellness Center. Let's listen to our conversation. So uh, first off, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Brooke Lattimore, and I am the Chief Operating Officer of the Health and Wellness Center. We are uh, the second largest community health center in Oklahoma and the largest rural community health center in Oklahoma. And I have been with the Health and Wellness Center in my role for almost 14 years. How did you all decide to embark on your DPI journey? So my role as COO kind of became, you know, working with our providers, making sure schedules were good and that enough patients were being seen. And I always said, if I can make our patients, our registration team, our nurses, our providers, and our CFO all five happy, that it would be a miracle. And DPI has done that. So (laughs) I should say you all put a lot of work into it. Um, You were one of the few clients I've worked with who has been able to roll it out on your own. Do you want to kind of talk about what you guys have done to make that happen? Yeah, so we saw the benefit right away. And not only did we work with Coleman Associates on DPI, but also the uh, high impact management program. Um, So it really got our entire leadership team um, focused, you know, all in the same boat, rowing the same way together. And we saw the benefit early on in medical um, in a couple of our larger clinics and realized that if we really wanted to make an impact, we had to roll it out in all of our clinics and have even gone so far as to roll it out in our optometry department, um, working on uh, on DPI with our dental department, worked with a couple of our psychiatry providers, and may even, you know, go down the road with our behavioral health team even. So you went through DPI right before COVID-19. You know, you put all this work into it. And then we did your learning session four with masks on socially distanced. I brought my little like meter sticks to make sure we were all far enough apart. What was it worth it going into COVID-19? I think it was absolutely worth it because one, I think it really united our leadership team. And if you remember, we did the money Monday morning um, leadership program. And I don't think that we could have made it through COVID alive. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but no, seriously. With our, just our heart on the mission, um, not only did we have, we still have Monday morning leadership, by the way, at 8.30 every Monday morning, nice. but we had um, a daily meeting for the better part of, I would say the middle of March, at least until probably July or August of last year. And it just kept us all on the same page keeping focus on that mission. There was obviously a lot of DPI um, talk that took place, but, you know, just kind of navigating the ever-changing world of COVID in a community health center. Not one time did we ever shut any of our doors. We never turned a patient away. Did a lot of telehealth, but we were actually able to grow our unduplicated patient numbers during COVID and reduce our no-show rate. So yeah. (laughs) Well, that takes me into my next question. I was wondering if you want to brag a little bit about your no-show rate. So the fourth Thursday of every month, our continuous quality improvement committee gets together and we have our meeting and we talk about a lot of things in that meeting, but no-show rates is just one of the metrics that we look at. And our no-show rate, especially in our medical department has always hovered around you know, 15 to 20%. It's lower in some clinics, a little bit higher in others, but across the board in all seven of our clinic sites for the month of February, which is what we were looking at last month in March, 
it was at 9% across the board. It's never been in single digits in my history of being a health and wellness center, which is a long time. So yeah, I'm super proud of my team. Um, and it just goes to show that uh, DPI works if you uh, really put the effort into it. So it's definitely not easy. Yeah. Uh, you, you all got, I mean, you all worked so hard at it and you can just tell in the result. And I am so proud of you guys. That's amazing across all the sites. What words of advice, if any, would you have for the listeners? Um, some of them are thinking about going through DPI. Some of them might be already in it and trying to figure out what the heck to do. Sure. Um, the science works. <laughs> it really does. Um, don't give up, you know, it, and it's not a one and done. It's, it's a constant Reminder, constantly working with those care teams and making sure that they are doing all the dances and that the puzzle pieces are fitting together. And you can tell by the data when it is not working with a particular care team or even a particular clinic. Stay vigilant and, and keep watching the data because the numbers don't lie. So it's true. If, if there's any question about whether or not it works, I will say, although I was a tiny bit skeptical at first, and I'm a pretty optimistic person, it does work. It really does. So but it's not just a one-time thing. Like I said, you like anything, um, you know, worth having, you've got to keep at it. So Brooke is absolutely right about keeping at it. I was excited to do this episode because what I love about DPI most is not what happens during the DPI collaborative, but how leadership teams and organizations take the principles they've learned and run with it after the collaborative ends. A high impact management team like the one at the health and wellness center can tackle any challenge thrown at it even a global pandemic. Brooke and Teresa mentioned a couple of books that I wanted to mention here. One is No Ego by Cy Wakeman, and the other is Monday Morning Leadership by David Cottrell. I mentioned earlier the book Good to Great by Jim Collins, and I've linked all of these books in the show notes in case you want to check them out for yourself or for your leadership team. Special thanks to Teresa and Brooke for taking time out of their busy days to talk to me. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss an episode. To keep up with all the Chispa happenings, make sure you follow us on LinkedIn. Shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his podcasting help, and we'll see you next time.